Welcome to God's house in the Savior's name as we come to worship the Lord. We are singing together, I Surrender All. This day we want to be a day of consecration to the Lord. And it's 488 in our hymn book. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. <clears throat>
Just three verses in the Psalm 134, our psalm for today. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. We've been thinking a lot about Ivor, and you know that he's been moved to the Royal Victoria Hospital, and he faces surgery, God willing, on Tuesday. The Lord's been helping him, giving him grace, helping him to rest in the promises of God. <coughs> so he needs special prayer as he comes to major surgery on Tuesday. David and Rachel are still in Uganda. They're over halfway through. They'll be coming back, not this week, but the following week. And we'll have something more to say later about that. Sunday school recommenced today. Bible class also recommenced today. And it was a delight to see the children back at Sunday school. Let's pray together. Let's seek the Lord. Heavenly Father, We're here this day in the presence of our God in his house. We're here to render unto thee the praise that is worthy of thy name. To exalt Christ, to glory in him and all that he has done for us. To seek thee with our whole heart and we pray that you will help us to do that. To present ourselves our lives, our bodies, are all this very day. And as we come to think of the message on consecration, may we be able to say, as we sang, I surrender all and mean it in our hearts. We don't want to say things that we don't mean or sing things that we don't mean. We don't want to give just a consent of the mind to those things that we know to be right. But Lord, we want the heart work that is only brought about by the Lord. And so deal with us in our hearts. Change our lives from the inside out. I surrender all this day. I would seek as the pastor of this congregation to give my life afresh to thee. More and more, even as this service goes on and we come to the message, and we pray that all of us will know the workings of the Spirit today, that the Spirit of God will come down now into this gathering and work in every heart. Bless each family that's here, each individual that has come to worship, our brethren and sisters from Ukraine also, You know their day-by-day needs, their struggles, all that's going on in their minds and hearts, separated now these four months from home and family, and all that they once knew in all their lifetime in the land of Ukraine. Lord, continue to be with them and help them in every way. We pray for Ivor as he has major surgery on Tuesday. We thank you for being with him moment by moment. 
In times of stress and difficulty, you've held them up. You've given them strength. You've answered prayer. You've granted that peace that he has been seeking. And those of us that have been praying for that, you've given it to him. We acknowledge that. And he needs it, Lord, as he approaches Tuesday and goes through this operation. We just pray for the intervention of God, for the Lord to step in and make it a success. Bless your child. Bless his family. Lord, we pray that they will be able to do what Peter tells us to do, to cast their care upon Christ, for he cares for us. We pray that you'll remember Freddie. You know the, the sorrow that has come to him and his family and the passing of his father. We pray that the Lord will draw near to them. Bless your word that was preached yesterday. Continue to comfort them over the weekend and in the coming days. We pray that this family and all of us, Lord, will be taught of God in these days. We read at the funeral service, the Psalm 90, where Moses speaks about the days of our years being threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength, they be fourscore years. And in the light of all that, the fact that, that life really is brief and death is certain, we think of that prayer of Moses, our prayer that we ought to offer, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And may we be taught of God in these days to number not our years, but our days, because we don't know if we have years. It might just be the matter of days. And for all we know, we could be living our last day on earth. We pray that you will remember the Sunday school and the Bible class, the children, the youth of our church and this town and district. We thank you for being with us this morning, helping our superintendent and teachers to get everything organized. Bless the children. Save every one of them. Help them to grow up in this world that is estranged to God, knowing thee. And we pray that there will be a real blessing among the children of our Sunday school and Bible class this term. So, Lord, we seek thee now. Be one of our number. Pour out your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. I always like to bid you welcome. We do that just now. Uh, If you're here in the building or at home, and you're watching in on the internet, welcome in the Savior's name. And we want to run through the announcements as quickly as possible. Family night is tonight at 7, preceded by the time of prayer. We'll have a special time of singing at the beginning. Refreshments will be served, and we're asking our ladies to bring half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns. Please help out. Youth Fellowship has a choir practice immediately after the gospel service. So all the young people, remember that tonight, Uh, in preparation for the mission you're singing at the Gospel Mission. This is a preparation week for our Gospel Mission, Monday to Friday, Monday and Tuesday. As you know, we want to be outreach nights. Don't mind going door to door. We can do that. We can do it in the Glebe side. It'd be great to see our neighbors cross the road behind us here, uh, brought into the mission, maybe down around the town where the town hall is located, But if there are ones to target, this is what we would like to do. If you have friends or family and you know their name and you know their address, we're happy to go on Monday and Tuesday and visit these people and invite them in. Prayer times, Wednesday to Friday. Can you leave these times aside? Will you come and pray diligently 
for the gospel mission. Saturday is the church barbecue, and that includes, of course, the, the back to Sunday school and church barbecue. So these leaflets were given out to the children this morning. If you didn't get a leaflet, please take one. They're at the door. Please take one home. That gives you the information. Six o'clock Saturday night. And uh, according to this leaflet, I might as well read it out. Everyone is welcome. There'll be a bouncy castle. That's for the over 80s. There'll be a rodeo bull. That's for the 70 to 80s. And there's an assault course. And that's for young people like me. And more. I think those are for the children, mostly. But you never know. You never know what a, a teacher might do. That's the leaflet. Next Lord's Day, prayer meeting, 8 o'clock, Sunday school, 10.30, Bible class, quarter to 11. And Phil is doing a study in the Psalm 23, the shepherd in the shadows, a verse-by-verse study in the shepherd's psalm. Worship service, 12 noon. And then the mission. Mission begins in Balamoney Town Hall. I have never preached in Balamoney Town Hall. I have been at it once or twice, but I've never preached there. And so we're looking forward to it. Stephen Greer will be singing next Sunday evening. Please do remember the time, 7 o'clock, same time as we normally meet here, but not here, down the road in the town hall. And I think we better get a, a little notice on the board or the, the window uh, of the church so that people know uh, we're not meeting here at 7 o'clock just in case they turn up. We will have our prayer meeting down there at 6.30. These are the invitations that were given out. Most of you should have received them. Some of you may get them this week if you haven't received them already. We thank you for your tithes and offerings. Let the Bible Speak Envelopes Missionary Covenant is today. Next week is Building Fund. Please continue to pray for those that are on our minds and in our hearts at this time. We do express our sincere sympathy to Freddie Lafferty and his family circle on the death of his father. We heard on Wednesday that he was very ill. We got a phone call from the undertaker on Thursday to say that this man had passed away. We were asked to do the funeral, and that took place yesterday. And we trust that the Lord will bless this family and use his word to help them in these days. I want to congratulate our sister Elaine, Elaine Johnson, on celebrating a significant birthday. I was told this morning by one of her elders that this had happened and, and he hadn't realized it was happening. But you know, it was on Facebook and that's where I saw it. And so to Elaine, not mentioning her age, of course, but we put the word significant in, significant in so that you can guess yourself. And if you think of the big round figure, all right, the big round figure, There's three figures in it. You have that, and uh, you'll be very, very exact. We also congratulate the Reverend Colin Mercer on becoming the new Mission Board Chairman, and also new members to the board, the Reverends Ryan McKee, Thomas Martin, Josh Moffat, and Mr. John Graham. You pray for the Mission Board and the work that it does. I'll say something a little bit later, I think, in the sermon, when we come to preach and consecration about my future involvement in missionary endeavor. I want you to pray for the work in Pakistan. You will know that uh, millions of people have been affected and it has caused havoc, the monsoon flooding. 
some of the pictures that you may have seen and were sent to me. And we hope as a mission board to help out a little bit from our emergency fund with this. The work of the school in the Carmichael School continues and we're glad that these children are still receiving an education. And the one that has been started, the sewing class that has been started at the Carmichael School is still going on. These ladies are coming in and they are learning the art of sewing. And at the same time, the Word of God is being studied. So we're praying that the entrance of God's Word will give these people light. Many of them uh, come from a Hindu and a Muslim background, but there they are uh, studying God's Word together. And that's a precious sight. Continue to pray for the Reverend Ebenezer Nombre. He would be in touch with me most weeks. He's a pastor from the Philippines, and he and some of his colleagues are seeking closer ties with the Free Church here in Northern Ireland, and we have ongoing uh, discussions about that. We've appointed men to look after that, and we're getting nearer and nearer to it. But he did send me a prayer request, and it is for these two orphan children. Jessen is a little girl of nine, and Maureen, her sister, a little girl of seven. They attend the Sunday school there at Bethel. Their father died recently in a highway accident, and their mother abandoned them and went off and married another man, so has nothing to do with them. So he's just asking that we pray for them, that the Lord will be with them and provide for them. Some of the ones in the church just in recent days, maybe even this morning, but these pictures are just freshly sent. We remember David and Rachel in Uganda. There are two little ones being led by the hand by one of the little Ugandan children, and they've been having great times of Bible study with the, the children of the church in the area going out into the open air. Sometimes the weather is like this. Uh, so do you remember them? David gives this up update. Uh, the heavy rain prevented the VBS from taking place at Emmanuel Church on Tuesday, which was to be the first day of the meetings at Emmanuel. But thankfully, the rain has stayed off and the meetings have gone ahead through the rest of the week. There has been encouraging attendances, over 80 present on Thursday and approximately 110 yesterday. And uh, I've obviously, I think this will be my fault, something has increased there. Um, there's more noise in the meetings. I think that's, that's what he's saying. So that's, that's good in one way. Noreen, you'll, you'll be encouraged by this in your absence that the work's going on and the children are coming out to VBS, and these are just some of the, the slides. You've maybe seen some of these on the internet. If not, we, we had them shared on the mission board. This was them doing the, the craft. Sergey has, has moved. Okay, so he's moved from the church. Remember this gentleman. It's lovely to see him because he's moved quite a distance away down to where he's working, and he's made it back to be in the house of God and to worship uh, with us today. So remember him and the others that have moved. And uh, Sasha hopes to move very soon in the incoming week, God willing. We, we pray for the work in Ukraine and there's so many people trying to help. And we have contacts, as you know, uh, in many different aspects and places. And this is one pastor, Pastor Florine, uh, a personal friend, he was one of the first who interpreted for me 
at the pastor's conference that I went to many years ago, and he has been doing runs to Ukraine uh, quite regularly. He was there last week. He's going back on the 13th of September. And this is Pastor Florine from Romania, and this is the work uh, that is being distributed. This is the aid that is being distributed in Ukraine. So they're doing a great work, and we certainly want to support this and help them as much as we can. So pray for him and those that are traveling with him, that the Lord will be with him. Just to finish out uh, the announcements, I have a video from the Slavic Gospel Association. Um, We have a few of these leaflets, and it's just really to say thank you. Thank you to so many in Northern Ireland who have helped uh, with the, the aid and the distribution of that aid, Bibles that have been printed, the gospel is, as it has been going out. Uh, but I let the man speak for himself, and we should be able to see this and hear it if our technology works for us today. Hello, friends and partners. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to thank you for standing with us and supporting us in the mission, especially since the invasion in Ukraine. We have all been deeply moved by the scenes on our screens and by the stories that have unfolded from this country. I'm speaking to you from Bucha, an area that has had much disruption and destruction and damage, as you can see around me here. And yet, as I've visited this country, I've been so encouraged as I have listened to our missionary pastors and church leaders share of how God has been using them and blessing them in the ministry at this time. As a result of your giving, we've been able to send necessary funds to our teams on the ground. They've been reaching out to the physical needs and also the spiritual needs. And so today I say thank you for all your support. We are deeply grateful and we know that God will richly bless you as you have invested in the work in Ukraine. Just now we're going to hear about some of the projects and ministries that you have been funding as we have sought to reach out and to help the people in this country.
I'm standing here at a bridge that has become very familiar to all of us in our media. This is the bridge between Irpin and Kyiv that many people cross to bring them to safety in Kyiv. Pastor Igor Bandur, the Vice President of the Baptist Union of Churches in Ukraine, has also become very familiar to us. You have listened to him on the SG updates and Zoom meetings, and right now he's going to conclude this video by sharing some thoughts with us. Dear friends, I want to thank you for standing with us in the spirit of solidarity during these dark days. Your prayer and your support mean a lot to us. We have been blessed, we have been encouraged, we experience God's goodness and His strength. But it's just the start. Many buildings were ruined and it will take months and maybe years to restore everything that was destroyed. But it is comparatively easy task. There is much harder but more important task it is to restore people's life. Yes, many lives have been damaged and people are in desperate situation, in desperate need. And only the gospel of Jesus Christ can help people to come back to life to get back hope and desire to live. I am standing here in the European Bible Church. It is churches like this one that would become centers of God's intervention and God's provision to restore these people. Very soon, Ukraine will now be on your news bulletins, but the need will be. Will you continue to stand with us. I hope you do. The Reverend Derek Maxwell is the General Director of the Slavic Gospel Association. And there's some information you can read it for yourself. We have many of these copies. We can also uh, share that video with you. And the video, I think, if you uh, use this code, it's the QR code. It'll bring you directly to that video that you've just watched. So let's remember the ongoing situation in Ukraine. This uh, association is supporting 120 workers in Ukraine. And they have provided aid. They have responded to the needy. They have distributed thousands of Bibles. And they have also sent medical teams in uh, where they've been needed. But I'll let you read that for yourself. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we remember the situation in Ukraine, hardly on the news, but the war continues and people are still losing their lives and they're struggling in so many ways. We thank you for God's people and what they're seeking to do in this country. Thank you for the Slavic Gospel Association. Thank you for Faith in Action. Thank you for other organizations. We think of local missionaries from Korean that are serving the Lord there. We commit them all to thee. And we pray that you will help them in the work that they do. And that you will provide for the needs, especially those who belong to the household of faith. And bless our friends here, our Ukrainian brethren and sisters, and all their loved ones back in that land some of them involved directly in the war. We think of Tanya's brother. We think of Yuri. We think of others that are going in and 
They're rescuing people from danger. Lord, protect them and keep them every day for Jesus' sake. Amen. The Vision magazine is available. Please take a copy as you leave today. We're going to sing together 412, I Am Thine, O Lord. It's another hymn of consecration to God. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice as it told thy love to me. And verse 2, very much in keeping with what we're preaching today, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord.
Bible reading is First Chronicles 27. It's verse 1 to 20. There's a wee hyphen missing there. There's not 120 verses in, in First Chronicles 27. So it's verses 1 to 20 that we would like to read. I will read just to verse 14 for sake of time. First Chronicles 29, verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, even 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses withal, the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams and of silver 10,000 talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. We'll end the reading in verse 14 and 
May the Lord bless it to every heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just seek to still our hearts now for a moment or two. We want the Lord to come captivate our attention. We want the devil to be defeated just now. For we know that he is after our attention. He will distract. He will take our thoughts away from your word. Lord, we pray for the protection of God upon this service. We pray for the protection of the blood. Lord, we know that the blood of Christ is the answer to the evil one. They overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, we want overcoming power right now. Help us to think. Help us to meditate. Help us to consider your word. Help us to hear this question, this challenge that is coming, we believe, from the Lord today. Give me help. Physical, mental, spiritual help. Baptize me with power as I bring this message today. I ask in Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory. Amen. And our text is First Chronicles 29, verse 5. There at the end of the text, this question, this challenge that was thrown out by David to his people in his day. Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? And I want you to feel the impact of that. I want you to remember it. I want that text to, to ring in your mind and your heart. And if you remember nothing else, and I hope you do, I hope you remember this, this message that we bring. But if you remember nothing else, let the Word of God challenge you this question to your heart because you're going to give an answer today as I have given an answer to this question. Before you leave, you will answer. Christian consecration is to give yourself entirely to the Lord. It is separation from all known sin and things that might hinder you in the Christian life. It is to place your life on God's altar, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, as we thought this morning in the early time of prayer. It's handing over to God those things that are, that are most precious to you, the most valuable thing in your life. You're willing to part with it. And I can think of no greater illustration than the story of Abraham and Isaac. And in Genesis 22, where we have Abraham going out on a three-day journey to the land of Moriah, and there he builds his altar, and there he puts the most precious thing on that altar, his own darling son, Isaac, willing to sacrifice that which was most precious. That's what it is to consecrate your life to the Lord. I want this congregation to know that I have handed my life afresh over to the Lord in the light of the gospel mission that is starting next Lord's Day. In the light of my immediate future in Hebron, as long as I'm here, if it's the mind of God for me to be here, I have handed my life over for the work in this church. I have talked to the elders and the deacons about preaching this sermon today, and I have encouraged them to hand themselves over to God afresh. I want to talk to you all, to youth workers, to Sunday school teachers, to children's leaders, to, to those that are burdened for our outreach work, our praying people of God, those who are involved in, in open-air ministry, our media team, 
our school faculty, our musicians, our singers, our Christian parents, our Bible class and youth fellowship members. I want to talk to you all right down to the children. Children, I want you to sit up and listen to what I'm saying today. I'm asking a question that you must answer. I believe you will answer it before the service is through. Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? This was an important moment for King David. He's now coming to the end of his reign. Indeed, he's coming to the end of his life. He's facing death and eternity. He's leaving the kingdom that he had governed for some 40 years, and he wants to see Solomon settled as his successor. But more than anything else, he wanted to see the work of God go forward and prosper, especially in the building of the temple. Solomon was chosen of God, but he was young and tender, as David says here. Furthermore, the work was great. It was great for any man, but here's a young man. It was great for him. It was great because it was God's work. God's work is always a great work. And David had prepared, we're told, with all his might for the building of God's house, all those precious materials necessary. David had a huge heart for this work. Look at what he said in the opening part of verse 3. I have set my affection to the house of my God. He loved God's house. We know that. He loved to go there. He loved to worship there. And so much so he gave over and above what he had ever given before. No doubt he was leading by example. You're going to ask people to consecrate their lives to the Lord. You better be Sure, you're prepared to do that in your heart, first of all. And David is doing that. Even though he's coming to the end of his life and the preparation that he's made and the consecration that he's given and what he gave physically, materially. And now he's asking the people to do the same. And he's leading by example. And it's always the best way to lead by your example. Now the old king, departing this life, yet desiring nothing greater than the house of worship to be built, and the work of God to continue. He's calling upon the people to give themselves to the Lord, and he's doing that in the words of this text in verse 5. There was a marvelous response. We see immediately how the leaders respond. In verse 6, the chief of the fathers, the princes, the captains of the thousands, the rulers, They all respond in a magnificent way. As we read the rest of the chapter, we see that the people of Israel, they also respond in a most marvelous way. There is nothing more important to me than the work of God, both at home and abroad. No work is dearer to my heart than the work here at Hebron. More than anything else, I want to see this work grow and prosper. I want to see the church built and the people of God edified. I want to see sinners converted to Christ. I want to see new families coming in under the sound of the word. I want to see these pews filled up. I want to see increase in God's work in every department of the work. 
whether it's the children's work, the youth work, the prayer work, or the worship work, or the gospel work. And I'm hoping that God will, will preserve me a little bit longer. So my circumstances are not exactly the same as that of David's. He's going to die. Well, I might die. I don't know that. But I'm looking to the Lord that he might be pleased to give me some more years. Uh, but my desire of heart is to see the work grow. And I'm preparing for this ministry. And I'm asking you, I'm asking you as the congregation to prepare also. To rededicate your life to the Lord. To consecrate your service to him. The work is great. It's more than one man can handle. It's more than even just the office bearers can handle. We need everyone to be on board. I have made an important decision. It's maybe going to be slightly delayed, but as you know, we have come to the end of 10 years as the chairman of the Missionary Council. That has now ceased, or almost ceased. It'll certainly finish in November when we have the Missionary Council weekend. That'll be me finished as far as my direct involvement is concerned in the Missionary Council. I say that with some sadness in my heart, for I've really enjoyed the work. On Friday night, the Presbytery elected a new chairman. I made it very clear to the Presbytery that it is my intention after 27 years to stand down from the mission board. Now, there's a lot of changes taking place at this moment in the mission board. Reverend Harris has come to his finishing time as the chairman. Having done 10 years, you can't do more than 10 years as the, the chairman. We have new members. There's a lot going on in the mission field. <clears throat> Noring will know that as far as Uganda is concerned. The Presbytery has asked that I stay on just a little bit longer in this transition period. But it is my desire before God to be able to give more work to this church and to go out and do some evangelism in and around the area. And I'm looking forward to help from you. I'm looking forward to receiving help from whoever is serving the Lord in the whole mission. We want to go out. We're not reaching this time. We're not able, because we're so busy, to give time to reach this town, to go out into these housing estates and to, to visit people, to build friendships with them, and to win them for the Lord. And I'm asking you to dedicate and consecrate your life to the Lord, as I have done, as I was thinking about this message and thinking about the mission, thinking about this new term of service. I've given myself afresh to the Lord. I, I've done that several times. I do it every day in a sense because I always pray over Romans 12 and 1. I give my body, my life to the Lord every day, but in a very special way. I'm handing myself over to the Lord and I'm asking you to do the same. In the light of the great eternity, in the light of the judgment day when you will stand before Almighty God, in the light of the souls of men that are perishing in sin, in the light of lost sinners going to hell, in the light of the uncertainty of tomorrow, both for you and for the sinner. I just want to pause there for a moment. Your future is uncertain. You do not know what tomorrow has in store for you as a Christian, let alone the unsaved that we're trying to win. We know not what a day brings forth. In that light, my friends, and in the light of the gospel mission, give yourself to the Lord. This word consecrate means to fill our hands to the Lord. That's what it means in the Hebrew. Those who consecrate themselves 
to the Lord will have their hands full. There'll be plenty for you to do. Matthew Henry, he said, the filling of our hands with the service of God intimates that we must serve him only, serve him liberally, and serve him in the strength of grace derived from him. Is this how you have been serving the Lord? Have you been filling your hands in the service of Christ? I'm asking you that. Or has other things taken over and those things are filling your hands? There's a lot of things that belong to us every day and legitimate things and legitimate employments and responsibilities. But I wonder, have the other things taken over? Your hands can be filled with business. Your hands can be filled with education. Your hands can be filled with ambition. Your hands can be filled with family or with problems, all these things, and we face them every day. But I wonder, are your hands filled with the service of God? God wants your hands to be filled and my hands to be filled with serving Him. Life is speeding on for us all. Soon the summons will come, as it did for David, and the Lord will call you home. He'll say, come up higher to every child of God that is here. We're going to stand before the Lord We're going to give an account. What will you say on that day? What will you present to the Lord on that day? Who sits upon the throne? Will there be any stars? Any stars in your crown? Will you hear the well done? A good and faithful servant. You're not going to hear the well done unless you've been good and faithful. It's only to the good and faithful that those words will be spoken. Will you hear those words? My friends, consecrate your life this day unto the Lord. And here's the things that I want to say in this message. First of all, the consideration of consecration. There are a few things that I want you to keep in mind in our approach to this subject. Number one, God is the owner of all, and he is therefore the giver of all things. Here's a truth that must grip our souls with deep conviction and certainty in our approach to consecration. God gives, and He gives, and He gives again. He's preeminently a giver. It's the nature of God to give. And David acknowledges this. We read it in verse 12. Riches and honor come of thee. Thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. If you think of the previous verse, he, he speaks about greatness and power and glory and victory and majesty. All that is in the heaven and in the earth are thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted head above all. And then he goes on to speak about these things. Riches, honor, power, might, greatness, strength. David is making solemn preparation for the building of the temple, a structure that he himself would not undertake. And we know the reasons why, but Solomon, his son, would certainly be the instrument in the hand of God to bring this to pass. David had an abundance of wealth. This chapter highlights this. Gold and silver and other metals and materials, all kinds of precious stones and 
he certainly had honor and might among men. He elevated, uh, he was elevated to the supreme position of the country, the nation, being made king. Where did all this come from? God was the giver. And he's acknowledging that. If I've got wealth, if I've got position, if I've got honor, if I have strength, it is God-given. Never forget this truth, especially in days of prosperity and blessing. It's so easy to lose sight of this when everything's well in your life. We need a reality check today. Have we got health and strength? It's God-given. Have we possessions and good things to enjoy? It's God-given. Have we friends and family? It's God-given. Have we a Bible-believing church that honors the Word and preaches the gospel? It's God-given. Have we opportunities to spread the gospel? We certainly do. It's God-given. Have we got liberty and freedom to do it? We certainly have. My friend, don't take it for granted. It's God-given. God is the owner of all, and he's the giver of all things. Hand in hand with that, therefore, we have to say, as we think of this consideration of consecration, we are the receivers of all good things. God is the giver. We are the receivers. We have been made recipients. I had breakfast on my table this morning. I'm clothed. I'm warmed. And I'm provided for in temporal things. I have a dear family. We are close. We are truly blessed. Have we received any of these things that, that David speaks about? Riches, honor, power, might, greatness, strength. You see, my friends, God has made me a vessel of his love and grace. A vessel to receive all that I am and could ever hope to be. All that I possess now or in the future, I have received from the hand of a gracious and a good God. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no change, with him there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so instead of boasting concerning the things that we have, they're mine. We should acknowledge they are thine. I am a recipient of God's goodness and mercy. God is the giver of all things. You and I are the receiver of all good things. Here's the third little thought as we think of this consideration. We ought to give all back to God. Does not make sense. God has given to us all these things. We have received all these things. Therefore, we ought to use them in his work, in his service. You'll note verse 14. David says, who am I? What is my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. Do you see everything that I have? David says, you have given these things to me. And I'm just giving you back that which you have given Paul, in the New Testament, he talked about reasonable service in that text that I've mentioned in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, as we give ourselves everything that we are. That word body means everything. 
our physical body, our mind, our intellect, our heart, our will, everything that we possess is included there too. Presenting it to the Lord, it's reasonable. God is not asking of you and me anything unreasonable. What you have, he has given. Giving it back to him is only reasonable, isn't it? Then I want to think about the need for consecration. We are apt to fall away from our first love, just like the Ephesian church. Revelation 2 and 3, seven letters are, are sent to the seven churches of Asia. Ephesus is the first church to be addressed. Having commended that church for so many good things, and there's so many things that we can commend you for and, and what the church seeks to do. But the Lord comes to that little statement, but even though all these things are positive and all these things are worthy of, of commendation, but I have somewhat against you. You've left your first love. And that happens. And therefore, there is the need for consecration. Because that love that ought to burn in our heart for God and for His blessed Son, Jesus Christ, is not always what it ought to be. That first love, when you trusted in Christ, you were so overwhelmed by His mercy and His love and His grace and the fact that He had forgiven you and pardoned all your sin. That first love that burned in your soul to the Savior so often is departed from, and therefore we need to keep coming back and consecrating our lives to the Lord. God's people, listen to this, are bent on backsliding. That's what the Lord said through his child Hosea in Hosea chapter 11 and verse 7. That seems incredible. God's people redeemed and saved by grace are bent. They have a bias a bias to backsliding, going back, turning away from the Lord. And you know, there's not many steps that take you away from the Lord. Not many steps. Maybe you've taken them today. Your heart grows cold in the service of God. You stop reading and praying the way that you once did. Your attendance at the sanctuary begins to diminish and, and fades away. Once you attended twice on the Sabbath, you were fervent at the Thursday night prayer meeting. But maybe for some, maybe for some, that has fallen away. Not many steps, I tell you, to take you away. Fervent witness becomes non-existent. Looking towards and hastening towards the blessed appearing of our Lord and Savior is almost forgotten. You've forgotten that Jesus is coming again. We're not living with eternity's values in view. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Oh, my friends, the all-seeing, penetrating eyes of Almighty God. He looks into the heart, and I'm asking you, what does he see that I can't see? That your closest family member or friend can't see? Right into your heart now, he sees you as you are. He looks on the heart. What does he see? Does he see our coldness? Does he see our unconcern? Does he see our unwillingness? Our backsliding? 
a heart that's far from him. We can't deceive God the way we deceive other people. can't be done. Come to your ho- the house of God dressed on the Sabbath day and your Bible under your arm right to the prayer meeting on Thursday night and maybe all the while your heart's far away from God and you know it and God knows it. We don't know it, but that's how it is. God knows us through and through. Everything, everything about us, every thought that crosses our mind, everything that dwells in our heart as we really are, that's what God sees. And so there's a great need, I'm saying, for consecration. The world around us is lying in sin. Men are drifting downward to hell. Does that not grip your heart, at least sometimes? Our families are lost in sin. Few seem to care about these things. The church needs awakened. It needs revived. It needs set on a course of fervent prayer and sincere labor. Christians are becoming more worldly in this unholy world in which we live. Often our hearts grow cold. Our love for Christ and the things of God are diminished. So I'm saying to you, there is need, need for consecration. Can I say in the third place, there is the occasion of consecration. This was a special time for David and his people. Soon the house of God would be built under Solomon. David had prepared extensively for this. He set his affection to this. He wanted to see that place of worship erected. They had been there in the tabernacle, the the temporary construction for long enough. Now this permanent building was going to be erected and a great work was going to be done and it would eventually go up and eventually God was going to come down in the most powerful way to dwell there. Jehovah Shema would be written over that temple and we know at the dedication of the temple the glory of God came down. Great things were going to happen. So this was a special time. And I tell you, it's a special time for us. A new term is commencing. There's a little bit of relaxation over the summer. Children are off school and some parts of the work are parked for the summertime. But now we're into September. This is a new term. Sunday school is back today. Children's work will eventually get back. Youth work, all these things will be reestablished. A new term ahead of us. It's it's a special time for us as we think of the work and then as we think of the mission. Here's a special visitation of God. A concentrated time of gospel preaching. I tell you, my friend, the occasion is very important for us as we think of consecration. Can I mention the desire for consecration? You see what's being asked here? By David, people in my future to you, who then is willing? That's very important. That's a very important word. Who then is willing? We can come to a moment of decision, a special time, and yet, yet there is unwillingness. How often has the challenge gone out from this pulpit and special conferences? Easter conventions, other times. That challenge has gone out to your heart. Consecrate your life to the Lord. Present your bodies to Him. Give your life to Him. Rededicate your life. 
your service. Get to the prayer meetings. I'm so concerned. And maybe we'll, we'll come to address this later. I'm so concerned at the fact there are many. And no matter how much we appeal for you to get to the prayer meetings, it seems to fall on deaf ears. And I want to address that. I was thinking recently, I'll just share this with you, that it might be time just to send a wee text from this pastor's heart to you, appealing to you, because nothing's going to be done in this church apart from prayer. We need to get the people of God into the prayer meetings. It's the most important meetings of this church. I'll maybe address that later, but all this challenge goes out. And when it does, there's an unwillingness, if we're honest. There's no desire. There's no commitment. There's no burning fervor in the soul. And if you're honest, no feeling, no feeling in your heart. No saying, here am I. Send me, use me, fill me, equip me. Here am I, Lord. And maybe if the truth is known, no real love for Christ, because that really is the heart of the matter. We love Christ. We'll certainly be doing all that we can for him. Just coldness and apathy and lukewarmness and backsliding. And alas, for many, they've, they've left what I told you about earlier. They've left their first love. Or worse still, the spirit of Laodicea has settled in. Ephesus was one of the better churches. By the time the Lord has addressed all seven, he comes to the worst one. There's nothing worse to be found in a church than what we read about in the church of Laodicea. Neither cold nor hot. Lukewarm is how the Bible addresses it. I preached on the seven churches a few years back. And you may rem rem remember me saying these things. Lukewarmness, and I say this reverently, makes Jesus Christ sick. All right? Just like if you were to take a drink of lukewarm water and you were expecting something cool and refreshing, you might just wrench at it. Some people don't like to drink water at all. Well, it's even worse drinking lukewarm water. Jesus Christ says, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. That's what he said to the church of Laodicea. Makes him sick. Is that you? I'm asking David's question today to you. Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? I want, dear Lord, a heart, or I want, dear Lord, a soul on fire for thee. A soul baptized with heavenly energy. A willing mind. A ready heart. To do whatever I know. To spread thy light wherever I may go. I, I pray, I pray that that willingness will be created in all of our hearts. God is often pleased to work. He's often pleased to stir up hearts. Especially in the day of his power. 
And I'm praying for that kind of day because God has his times. I know that in his sovereign will to visit Zion, to revive his church. I pray that this will be such a time. How is it with your heart today? Is it willing? Only you can answer that. And if you're honest and you're saying, my my heart's not willing, then I'm asking you, will you not pray about it? At least do that. Will you not pray, oh God, my heart has not been willing to consecrate my life, to do what I know I ought to do. But Lord, make it willing. Give me a willing heart today. Then I want you to note the timing of consecration. I just say a a little word on this. Please bear with me. If I go a little bit longer today, please understand this message is so important. So important. It's more important than your dinner. It's more important than anything you have planned for this afternoon. So please bear with me. I normally do not keep you long. Very quickly, the timing of consecration and then have one more thought, okay? I want you to mark the words this day. This day. Right now. Today. Here. And now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not next year. But here and now. Today. I'm calling you at this moment. As David called his people for an immediate response. To step out with a consecrated life now, today. Thank God for the response. In David's time, I refer to it in verse 6. I would love to see the seal. Are you willing? This day, today, right now, before you leave this service, to consecrate your life to God. Here's my final thought, and it is the motivation for consecration. Why? Should I give my life to the Lord? Why should I lay my life on the altar for God? Why should I say in my heart and in my soul, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee? Why should I say, here am I, Lord? Why should I say, I present my life to You, Lord? Really, there's only one answer. Only one answer to that question. And I'm sure you've guessed it already. Just four Four letters, beginning with L, ending in E, and two letters in between. It's love. It's love. It's because you love the Lord. It's because you love all that He is and all that He's done for you. There's no doubt that David loved the Lord. And he had served since the day of his conversion, the Lord. And particularly in the 40 years as king, in Psalm 18, verse 1, he says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. And in Psalm 31 and verse 23, he exhorted his people to do the same. O love of the Lord, all ye are saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. Nothing motivates like love. David moved by love consecrated his life to God. And now he's asking, he's asking Israel to do the same. Indeed, he set his affection, we're told, in verse 3, to the house of God. Paul in the New Testament 
He gets to the heart of the matter when he says the love of Christ constraineth us. That, of course, is my love for Christ. That's there. The love that I have in my heart for Christ constrains me, motivates me. But more particularly, his love for me, the love of Christ for me. It can be read both ways, and I think both ways are there. The love of Christ in my heart for him, but more importantly, the love of Christ for me. When I think of his love for me, that is what's going to motivate me more than anything else. That love that opened the capillary veins of his body in that bloody sweat of Gethsemane when he sweat as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That love that brought him into the agony of the garden when his soul was exceeding sorrowful even unto death. That love that took the whiplashes at Gabasa at the command of Pilate when he was scourged. That love that endured the smiting and the mocking, the blaspheming, and the humiliation, that love that put him on the cross, that love that drove the spikes into his hands and into his feet, that love that lifted him up to die, that love that brought the eternal wrath of a holy God upon the lovely Savior of the, at the brow of Calvary, that love that caused him to stand in in my stead as my substitute and take all that I deserved for eternity when he became sin for me, who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is the love that constrains. This is the love that motivates. This is the love that compels. This is the love that, that moves the soul, that thrusts out the people of God into Christian service, the preacher, the evangelist, the missionary, the children's worker, the Christian in general. Isn't that how C.T. Studd felt? I think it was when he said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. You can't make a statement like that without the love of Christ constraining you. As I call upon you this day to consecrate your service to the Lord, let the love of Christ grip your soul. Fix your eyes upon the cross of Calvary. Behold the Lamb of God, View a crucified Savior. Gaze upon the dripping blood that oozed from the wounds of the Savior at Calvary. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flowed, mingled down. Ponder his love and his mercy and his compassion. And, and, then, and then tell me, can you hold back your love for him? Can you hold back your consecration? To him? I think not. I finish with a quotation from the great preacher Jonathan Edwards when he, as a young man, made a solemn dedication to God. This is what he said I have this day solemnly renewed my covenant and self-dedication which I made when I was received 
end of the communion of the church. I have been to God and have given myself all that I am and have to God so that I am not in any respect my own. I can challenge no right to this understanding, this will, these affections that are in me. Neither have I any right to this body or any of its members. No right to this tongue, these hands or feet. No right to these senses, these eyes, these ears, this smell or taste. I have given myself clear away and have not retained anything as my own. I have been to God this morning and told him that I gave myself wholly to him. I have given every power to him so that for the future I will challenge no right in myself in any respect. I have expressly promised him and do now promise Almighty God that by his grace I will not. I have this morning told him that I did take him for my whole portion and felicity, looking at nothing else as any part of my happiness or acting as if it were, and his law for the constant rule of my obedience, and would fight with all my might against the world, the flesh, and the devil to the end of my life, that I did believe in Jesus Christ and receive him as prince, as a prince and a saviour, and would adhere to the faith and obedience of the gospel, how hazardous and difficult soever the profession and practice of it may be that I did receive the blessed Spirit as my teacher, sanctifier, and only comforter, and cherish all his motions to enlighten, purify, conform, uphold, and assist me. This I have done. And I pray God, for the sake of Christ, to look upon it as a self-dedication and to receive me as entirely his own and deal with me in all respects as such, whether he afflicts me or prospers me or whatsoever he pleases to do with me, whom, who am his. Will you say something similar? Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Let's pray together in prayer. When the meeting is finished <coughs> and we stop broadcasting, we've sung the hymn and we, we finish our broadcast. One more minute I require, if that's okay with you. Heavenly Father, this has been a solemn time for us. Just as it was in that day when, when David called his people to consecration. Help us to give ourselves to the Lord for this new term, for the gospel mission. Help us to consecrate our lives truly to him. Give us the willingness, give us the willingness. Make this service count. Change our lives. Create in us soul desire. Deal with us graciously, as you always do. 
for Christ's sake. Amen. When I survey the wondrous cross, no greater motive than the cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt and all my pride. It's just four short verses, no chorus. We'll sing it through. We'll pronounce the benediction and then just when we're off line, we'll, we'll talk to you just for a moment. We'll keep our seats. <clears throat> That's the love. That's the love I've been speaking about. The love of Christ constraining. That love that's so amazing. That's so divine. And it's got a demand upon your life if you're a Christian. Demands my soul, my life, my all. Not a young people sitting here. Not all young, but young people. I covet you for the Lord. And the young people that are scattered through the church here. Young families. Older folks. Tried and tested many years in the road for Christ. Covered you all for the Lord. And I trust that God will help us to 
Give ourselves to him. Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? And Father, we just look to God now as we close that you will work in our hearts a real work of grace. Here in the church and those that are sitting at home listening, help us to respond in a most positive way. We can only do this by your grace. So give us grace to help in this time of need. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And amen. We're offline and I'm just asking for one minute.